Hey, let's, let's continue our thoughts on pathway to peace of mind. I want to talk to you this morning. This will be the, the close of this particular series, and we'll do a Christmas message next week, Lord willing. Uh, pathway to peace of mind. I want to talk to you about the easy yoke. Everybody say the easy yoke. This is going to come right out of the mouth of Jesus this morning, Matthew 11. I'll be there in just a moment. We're going to start at the 28th verse and go through the remainder of the chapter. Uh, listen to this. We're just interested in you having more peace of mind. Isaiah 26.3 says this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's a pretty good promise, isn't it? I don't know what he means by perfect peace. I'm still trying to get there. But I want to experience whatever he's talking about right there, don't you? That he, he, he said he would keep us in perfect peace. That's, that's kind of a complete peace. That's a peace of your mind, your body, your soul, the whole deal. A perfect peace if you keep your mind on him. It's, it's a conditional promise for sure. Keep your mind on the Lord. So, so we're, we're struggling to learn how to do that, aren't we? We're trying to figure out, Lord, what do you mean by keeping your mind stayed on you? Keeping my mind stayed on you. Uh, that's important to learn that. You might be interested in trying to figure out what that is. And that's part of what discipleship is, trying to figure out how can we trust more? Because there's a correlation. The more you trust God, the more peace of mind you have. It's a correlation because you realize it's not on his shoulders. It's not, or it's not on your shoulders. It's not given to circumstances, but it's on his shoulders and he's okay. And he's going to take care of it. Listen to this, Isaiah 61, 3. This is, this is a messianic prophecy that Isaiah wrote, speaking of Jesus, that he come to console those who mourn in Zion to give them beauty for ashes. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? We burned it up and messed it up, and he'll give us beauty in exchange for it. The oil of joy for mourning. That's pretty good. Trade your sorrows for his joy. Listen to this. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. I don't have time to teach all that this morning, but when I was doing this study, this scripture just came to mind about that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We're, we're talking about peace of mind. So the opposite of that would be a, a restless heart or a heavy heart or a burdened heart. He said that the garment of praise is the cure for the spirit of heaviness. Now this is the, this is the key. Can you in the middle of your heavy heart and in the middle of all of your cares and worries put on that garment of praise? See, because that garment of praise is before the answer comes. Everybody knows how to praise after it comes, you don't have to tell me how to dance when that, when that happens. But the garment of praise is while you're in the middle of the heavy stuff. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's like something that begins to heal our hearts. Because, hey, you know what? Whether you get what you want or not, God is still who he is. And he's still worthy. And the garment of praise and learning to praise through all the pain, learning to praise through the trouble is a real key to victory. Amen. That's one reason why we keep singing. All right. And if you can't sing, tap your foot. If you can't tap your foot, sway a little bit. If you can't sway, hum, do something. All right. Put on the garment of praise. God's worthy. All right. It's God's will for you to live in peace and joy. I believe that. I believe that's why we do what we do continually. It, I believe it's God's will. It's not God's will for us to live in confusion or chaos or worry. That's not abundant living. Jesus promised us an abundant life. And abundant living. Didn't he promise that in John 10, 10? The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and have that kind of life more abundantly, more life than you know what to do with. And it's the God kind of life that, that, that is self-sustaining in itself. 
It's not dependent on circumstances. It's not dependent on, on you and I. It's not dependent upon the, it's just, it's just there. It's God himself. And he come to give us abundant life. But you and I have a part to play in this abundant life. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Our part. We've got to learn to walk this path of peace. And as we walk this path of peace, peace becomes ours. It becomes like a possession of our soul. All right. Are you in Matthew 11? Are you there? Go to verse 28. Can you stand with me? I'll have it on the screen there. And I don't have a lot of detailed notes this morning. I got a visual I'm going to show you. If y'all hadn't learned it by now, I like to bring stuff and show you stuff and object lessons because Jesus did all that. You know, he's talking about a fig tree. He's not saying, hey, let me tell you about a fig tree. You know what he's standing beside? He's standing by a fig tree. He, he likes all those object lessons. He, he pulls it all out of the air. All right, so Matthew 11. Let's read that together. Can we do that? Jesus speaking here. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, we thank you for your words here. We just pray that you would help us to uncover and discover, Lord, what you intended when you said these things. Uh, the kind of life that you're speaking of right here. We, we need this kind of rest. We pray that it would be ours in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated, gang. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So the goal here, what Jesus says, he's very concerned about you living in this rest that he talks about. And, and really, we, if we had time, we'd go back and, and track all the way from Genesis 1 and 2. We, we could talk about the theme of rest, how, how God on the seventh day, what did God do on the seventh day? He rested. So it's, it's really a theme in all of Scripture. And Jesus is bringing all that to a head. And all this he's saying is fulfilled in me. And he is interested in you and I finding rest for our souls. Jesus is very concerned about you and I. You hear him talking like that. He wants us to experience this kind of rest. He makes it clear that he wants us to live in peace. In peace today. Now. Not just in life after life. But now. Today. He wants us to live in peace. I thank God for the peace that's in the by and by. But I need a little something now. I need a little something on Monday morning, don't you? I need a little something to carry me through with, with all the difficulties and problems we've got laid out in front of us. Jesus here in, in Matthew 11 lays out a pathway of peace, a pathway to rest, a pathway to peace of mind, a pathway to peace with God, a pathway to peace with yourself, a pathway to peace with others. He says, I want you to have rest for your soul. Now, the invitation is this. You saw it right there. You see it right there in the scripture. Jesus says, come to me. He says, come to me. Now, we're celebrating Christmas. And Christmas is a time that we celebrate the God who has come to us so that he can make the invitation personally and say, now I want you to come to me. That's what Christmas is about. The God, Emmanuel, who has become like us, become one of us. And now he says, I want you to come to me. I came to you. Now you come to me. Can you put that scripture back, back there, Ashley? And we'll just kind of walk through some of that as we go. So he says, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden. Now, this is an invitation to follow Jesus. It's not just an invitation to make a decision. It's an invitation for you and I to become a student. The Bible word would be disciple, right? It's an invitation for us to be a disciple of Jesus. In fact, the call directly to everybody that Jesus spoke to was follow me. Not just make a decision about heaven and hell. 
That's kind of how we package it up in today's world. But that's ne Jesus never asked anybody that question. Isn't that interesting? Jesus invited people to come into a relationship. A day-to-day -day relationship. It's more than just a decision. It's a decision about coming into a relationship. It's a decision about how, not how are you going to die, heaven and hell. It's a decision about how are you going to live. You see the difference? Jesus calls us into this here and now relationship. And he says, come to me. Come. I want you to come to me. Now imagine a king saying that. It's a royal invitation, really. Now who's the invitation to? Who does he say it's to? What does it say? All, first of all, right? That's a good word. Another place he says, whosoever will let him come, right? So it's to all, especially those who labor and are heavy laden. So what does that mean? It's actually speaking of people that are weary, people that are just slam worn out, tired, just had enough. Anybody like that sometimes? Those stressed out, those overburdened. And especially Jesus would be speaking, if you look at the context of Matthew 11, he'd be speaking to those who are fed up with the rigors of this man-made, man-induced religion and all its regulations. And he says, all those who have been weighted down by all these uh, unnecessary things in life, and some of them are just the cares of this world, I want you to come to me, those who are weary. Now, how do you get weary? How do you get weary in life? Well, it's just that constant, isn't it? It's just that constant bang, that constant pounding, that constant demand on your life. And after a while, you, you, you can meet some of those demands, and you got enough strength for them, but after a while, what happens to your strength? It just gets less and less, and you become weary. He says, those who are carrying the heavy cares of this life, come to me. Those who may be carrying the weights of sin and the weights of shame, the weights of regrets, and the weights of guilt, come, come to me. That, that'll weigh you down. Those who are carrying the heavy loads of life, work, finances, family, cares, maybe physical situations and struggles in your own body. Those who are, who, who are weary and heavy laden, he says, I want you to come. Now, now think of this. Most kings don't choose the weary and worn out. Most kings would choose... They'd choose the community all-stars, wouldn't they? They'd choose the best of the best. But Jesus says, I want to build my kingdom on those people that are just absolutely tired and wore out. I've got something for you. Now, that's an invitation by a king, not to the all-stars, but maybe to the poor. The poor in spirit, Jesus would say. Those who mourn, those who've gone through just terribly hard times, difficult situations. This is a different kind of king, isn't it? This is a different kind of kingdom he's building. And Jesus' promise, make no mistake about it, he says it two different times in this, this short little sentence. I will give you rest. That's the promise. All that are weary and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. All right. Now, how does this relationship work? There's a picture here I want you to see. The picture is, he says, I want you to take my yoke upon you. Okay. Thank you, Brother Paul, for hunting this down for me. You know what this is? Sure, we got enough country in us to know what this is, right? <laughs> this is a yoke, right? 
Jesus wouldn't have had to explain it. You know, Jesus, it, it's funny, us preachers, we're really funny. Jesus says something in 10 and a half seconds that'll take us 15 hours to preach to you. Isn't that something about us? I don't, <laughs> but we, we got a lot of unpacking to do because we're not necessarily farmers, so to speak. We don't, we don't know, what, he, what does he mean? Because he, he's drawing a picture culturally that these people wouldn't have to ask those questions. They would just be like, I, I get what you're talking about. Take my yoke upon you. It's a picture. A yoke is a piece of equipment, right? It, it's to link two animals so that they become what? They become one and they work in tandem and they work in union and partnership together. So in, in those days, they would put it on oxen maybe if they're going to plow the field because when you put two strong oxen together, you don't get double strength, you get exponential strength. You get three to six times strength, they say. Or if you link two horses together, they don't just pull double load, they'll pull up to six times the load that one horse could pull or by himself. So Jesus is inviting us into a relationship, he says, to take this yoke upon it, to harness your strength and your ability. I want to harness your life. I want to bring it in union with my life. And I want to make us two become one in such a way that I can make you more than you ever could be by yourself. Okay? You're tracking with me. All right? So let me tell you this. This relationship has two in it. According to Jesus, let's just say it's a double ox. I mean, you can have these, these yokes can be up to, you know, four to six or something like that. But Jesus, in this case, it seems to be talking about a double yoke. He wants to take your life and his life and join them together. He doesn't want to make you all Jesus. He wants to make you all of you and all of him put together. You understand what I'm talking about? Because it, it, it's, it's kind of like this. When, when we say things, and we don't mean anything by it, but... Somebody may sing a beautiful song and we'll say things like, um, well, it was all Jesus. Well, no, it wasn't. It wasn't all Jesus singing that song. Jesus didn't sing a note of that song, actually. He helped you with it and he gave you strength and ability and talent to do that. But if it's done right under the anointing, it's Jesus and you doing it together. Does that make sense? Now, I'm not saying that to be coy or, or, or pick, pick on anything, but... So much we think it's just got to be all of Jesus. Well, Jesus doesn't want just all of him. He, he wants all of you and him together. And he wants an expression of your life to come that the world would see Jesus through Sandy. And it would be a union of Jesus and Sandy together that would be so special that there's nothing else like it on the planet when he and her are together. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> I want to make sure you're tracking with me now. Take my yoke upon you. I want all of you in this relationship. Now, there is a time that we can pray that prayer that John the Baptist prayed. Remember that prayer says, I must decrease and he must increase. There's a perfect, perfectly good time to pray that prayer. But there's also a time to understand that it's 100% you in this thing and 100% him. It's his strength, but it's all of your abilities that he gave you. It's us doing it in partnership together. Take my yoke upon you. All right. Notice it's, it's, this is not a lasso situation. You know what a lasso is? You ever seen those guys on the rodeo where, where they go out and they let the, the calf run across the, the arena there and the guy lassos that, that cow and he snatches it and then takes it and hog ties it, you know? You seen that kind of deal? Sometimes we think that's the way God gets us. Yeah. That, that, Jesus is not painting that kind of picture here. 
And sometimes, to be honest with you, it feels like that, doesn't it? It feels like, oh, God, he got me. <laughs> Jesus says, I want you to take this yoke. What does that imply? That implies that you have made a willing decision to come in to this relationship. You see what I'm talking about? So he's not going to say, I'm going to take you and put you in this yoke. He says, I want you to take this yoke and I want you to put it on yourself. Willingly. There's something about the dignity of man that we, we don't quite understand. We've got the sovereignty of God on one hand, but we've got the dignity that he's put in, in to us humans that he gives us the freedom of choice, doesn't he? And it's such a great mystery and such a great tension. Is it God's sovereignty? Yes. Is it man's free will? Yes. And how did ever the twain meet? I don't know. Ask him about it. He's the one that put it in order like that. But he says, I want you to use your free will to come to me. I want you to take this yoke upon me. And I want you to do something. Here's this relationship. The picture of the wild. Let's say, it's, let's say you're an experienced farmer and you've got a good ox. But you went to market and, and you just bought a, a brand new ox who's, who's a real good, strong breed. That farmer is going to take that good, trained, steady ox that he's had in his field and he knows those rows and he knows these lines. He knows exactly what this farmer wants. He knows the commands. He's going to take that good, strong ox and steady and trained. He's going to take that young ox. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to put that young ox in with the trained one. And what is that young ox going to have to do? He is going to have to learn to walk in tandem. And in this relationship, he's going to have to learn to walk with this. But you know what? The young oxes do good at first. And I'm not calling you a cow or anything, by the way, today. But you just get the analogy, all right? <laughs> what does that young ox have to do? Well, first of all, what he'll do is he'll, he'll, he'll probably just take off running. And that old trained ox, he'll just kind of walk steady, won't he? And that yoke's kind of fighting. Anybody had, had God's yoke kind of fight you a little bit? I don't want to do that. I think I need to go this way. Well, you know, when the trained ox is going straight and you want to go right, guess what? You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> You're not going. This is the picture that Jesus says. This is the kind of relationship that I want for you. Come into this yoke with me. Take it upon yourself. And he says to learn from me. I want you to learn from me. Again, that's a picture of that trained ox, which would be Jesus in this relationship. And then us. We're kind of the wild, untamed ox. In fact, Israel's called that from time to time. Learn from me. You know, Jesus just doesn't want to forgive you of your sins. He wants to be your teacher. You get that? And, and so many of us have struggles. Of, I mean, we want forgiveness. We want all that comes with that package. And all that comes with that part of the gospel, we want that. We need that desperately. But part of the relationship that he wants is to become your teacher, not just your savior, but to be your teacher as well. In fact, you know, that's one of the most common things Jesus has called in the scriptures is teacher. When people came up to him, they said, Rabbi, that's just Jewish for teacher. All right. Learn from me. I want you to learn from me. I want you to learn how to do life. Now, a teacher's yoke, in biblical days, they would know this. A teacher's yoke is actually his teachings. So Jesus is saying to us, I want you to come into this relationship, and I want you to learn. i got some things I need to teach you. But what that's, 
anybody ever teach a, a Sunday school class or been a school teacher or anything like that? What has to happen for learning to happen? Well, the students have to be what? They got to be willing, don't they? They got to listen. You can have all the information. You can be as smart as Einstein if you want to. But if you don't have a listening ear, it doesn't matter, does it? So Jesus says, I want you to come into this relationship knowing that I'm going to teach you. I'm going to te teach you what? Well, I'm going to teach you how to live. I'm, I'm going to teach you about God. I'm going to teach you about this father that you, you really don't know anything about. I'm going to teach you about prayer and this relationship. I'm going to teach you about worship. I'm going to teach you about how to love people. I'm going to teach you how to, how to do your job. I'm going to teach you how to live your life as if I were living it for you. Now, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? How would Jesus live your life? I'm, I'm talking about your life, where you are, where you work, where you live, right here in Choctaw County. How would Jesus live if he lived in Choctaw County? He said, that's what I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to live as if you were me in your given circumstance. What would I do? And that's to do that. Right in our context. Right? Shake your head like that. Say, yeah, he's right. <laughs> you see? You good? All right. Learn from me. He's got many things to teach us, right? And he says, you will find the way of Jesus is the way to peace. It's, it's the way to a peaceful soul. Now, for example, there are many things we, we could allude to right here. Some of the things that Jesus wants to teach us. I just got one pulled up here in Matthew chapter 5. Listen to Jesus' teaching because it's, it's probably not like anything we would hear any other place. He says this in Matthew 5. It's, it's in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what some of the teachers have taught. But I say to you, if we enter into this yoke, I want you to listen and learn from me. I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. I'm going to be real honest with you. I wouldn't have thought of that on my own. That is not my first reaction, is it you? To bless those who curse you? Really? I got a few cursed words to say back to you, probably. I'm, I'm, well, other days, you know. BC days. <laughs> Hopefully. I wouldn't have thought of that, would you? Is that what comes to mind? Okay, well, you let somebody, let, let that happen to you in a Walmart parking lot, fighting over a parking place at Christmas. That's going to happen, you know that, right? <laughs> Is blessing the first thing that comes out of your heart? Well, you can bless them or bless them out. Which one did you choose? <laughs> we usually naturally choose. So Jesus is teaching us something here about life. He said, I want to teach you that there's a better way to live, that it's not curse for curse. It's blessing for curse. That's a better way to live. I would have never thought of that. He says, I want you to pray or do good to those who hate you. Well, it's usually hate for hate, right? It's usually evil for evil. Tick for tack is what we say. Jesus said, I, I, I don't want you to do that. I want you to literally do good when they hate you. I want you to pray for those who spitefully use you. I mean, those who had a plan and a strategy and acted on it and tried to ruin your reputation, tried to do whatever they had to do to get to you, to bring you down. 
no matter what avenue they use, I want you to pray for those people. And those who ridicule your faith, why don't you pray for them? That ain't what come to mind, Jesus. That's why we need this yoke. I want to teach you some things. Lord willing, come January, we're going to talk about that bless and do not curse. We're going to talk about that. We're going to, we're going to see how, how can we do that? How can we be a blessing everywhere we go, even to those who may not like us and or who may be very different than us, who may actually have different mindsets, different raising, different religion even? How do we do that? He's got some things he wants to teach us. We need to learn from him. Because nobody's got these ideas but Jesus, I can promise you. There's not another way. There's not a better way. Now, he says this about this yoke. As we kind of wrap it up, I'm going to try to be short. This yeah, I know. This, well, this one's heavy enough, I think, already. He says something about this yoke of his. What is it? He calls it. He says, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. He's telling us the kind of teacher he is, right? I am gentle and lowly of heart. You ever been with a teacher that's not gentle and not lowly of heart? Prideful? Knows it all? And can't wait to tell you what they know? Because you're just a dumb idiot? And they, and they make you want, they, they, they want you to feel that. That's their superiority. Jesus said, I'm not that kind of teacher. You've had those kind of teachers in the past. I, I'm, I'm going to be gentle with you. I'm going to be patient on this journey. I'm going to make sure you get what you need to get. Now, I'm not going to put up with all the nonsense, but I'm going to be gentle and humble as I teach you. And that's something that the smartest man that's ever lived said, I'm going to be humble towards you even though you don't get it and you don't know it. That's pretty something. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I, I'll be honest with you, in verse number 30, I've struggled with that verse, because I hadn't always found the Christian life to be easy. You? Wonder why. Could it be that Jesus is not telling us the truth, just trying to rook us in? Or could it be that I'm fighting the yoke? <laughs> For my yoke is easy, easy, easy. Most people don't view the Christian life as being easy. But Jesus says it's the right fit for you. This kind of life I'm talking about. It's the right fit. It's easy. It, it fits you. It fits humanity. It fits us as people. It fits our communities. It'll fit your family. It'll make your family everything that you hope it to be. He says that this yoke is easy. Now here's, here's a different biblical spin on it. The Bible says that the way of the transgressor is hard. So it says the way of Jesus is the easy way for you. The way of the transgressor is the hard way. That's Proverbs 13, 15. The way of the transgressor is the hard way. You know what he's saying? He's saying that reality will teach you that Jesus' way of living is the best way to live. Okay, so let's go back to our example, what we pulled about blessing those that curse you. Do you know that's the best way to live? When it comes to that kind of situation, that if you've got a situation at work or in the family and somebody's really coming at you, the best thing to do is to not go back at them, but to pull off and learn how to bless and be good to them. Because what happens if we exchange curse for curse, hate for hate, you know, fight for fight? What happens? What happens? The fight just increases. It intensifies. It gets hotter and it gets hotter and it gets hotter and every Christmas gets worse and worse and worse. See, reality will teach you 
Because see, the alternative way to living in this, this love and this forgiveness and this blessing life that Jesus is talking about, the alternative is, is to become a hateful, spiteful, vengeful person. And you're trying to get back at them and killing you. Somebody said this, that vengeance being vengeful towards somebody is you drinking the poison and hoping somebody else dies. That's what unforgiveness is like. It's you drinking poison and hoping they die. So, I mean, this is why he says it's, it's the easy way. This is the way to handle your relationships. This is the way to handle your life. The way I'm going to teach you will fit. And it'll be the way that leads to peace and to joy. You hear what I'm talking about? That's why he says it's easy, not because it's, it's actually easy to do, because you're going to have to bite your lip, bite your tongue. I got some teeth marks in the top of my tongue. Anybody like that? I was just, um, mm-hmm. I had to put that yoke on, remind myself of that yoke. <laughs> Y'all know what you talk. You know what I'm talking about, right? That Facebook post comes up, you're like, uh, you done typed out 15 different things, deleted every one of them, because the, the yoke reminds you, you can't say nothing about that. You quit that. That's just going to stir up more trouble. Why'd y'all laugh at that? Mm. <laughs> Reality teaches us that the way of Jesus really is the easy way to live. It's the best way to live. And he says that my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know why it's light? Okay, so we're, we're in this locked up and we're pulling this big heavy plow behind us. You know why this plow is all of a sudden light? It's because of who I'm hooked up with. It's because now I'm hooked up with him. I'm not pulling this life by myself. I'm not trying to raise these kids by myself. I'm not trying to do this business by myself. I'm not trying to figure out my future by myself. I'm not trying to manage all my money by myself. I've got a yoke with somebody that's a lot stronger and a lot smarter and a lot wiser than I am. And he's been there, done that. And he knows the way I need to walk. That's why it's light. It's not light because life all of a sudden got easy. It's I got a partner now that's pulling this load with me. Do you get that? This is this relationship that leads to this kind of peace that Jesus is talking about. All right, let's wrap it up with this. Take my yoke, he says. The easy yoke. Don't harden your heart. And the Bible's got, got an idea that it, it's got a word it uses. It's, it only uses it a couple times. But he says, don't harden your heart. In another place he says, don't be stiff-necked. You ever tried to lead an animal that was stiff-necked? Like a dog on a leash that didn't want to walk? And what does he do the whole time on that leash? He pulls against it and he gets... He, I mean, they literally, that's why it's such a, a, a wonderful language in the Hebrew that it literally paints a picture. He, a, a dog, our dog, he literally stiffens his neck and pulls in his own direction. That's what he says don't do. He says that time and time again to the people of God. Don't harden your heart in this. Don't stiffen your neck and try to do your own thing. So that's a big problem. Because now I've got to learn again i got to learn because, see, I'm, I'm used to getting my way. I want my way. 
I want everything I want. And I want it for good reason. And if you give me a little bit of time, I'll tell you why I want it. Right? I'll tell you how I want church to go. I'll tell you how I want life to go. I'll tell you, in fact, if you give me enough time, I'll tell you how I want your life to go. Isn't that how we are? <laughs> Scripture says, don't harden your heart. Don't fight against this yoke. Now, I confess that from time to time, in my, even in the Christian walk, even as being a pastor, I've, I've, I've stiffened my neck. I've hardened it to go my own way. And you know what? He let me. He went with me because we were hooked up, you know. He went with me. I remember one time I was in a place I shouldn't have been. I had no idea that God would go into places like this. It was after I was saved. I was young in the Lord, had a crucial crisis thing that hit and the bottom fell out of everything. And I went somewhere I shouldn't have gone, did something I shouldn't have done. And I'm there and I'm not in a good way, not a good frame of mind. And I'm just slapped, ready to quit. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, let's get out of here. And I said, what? <laughs> I thought I left you at church. Uh-uh. We're hooked up together. Let's get out of here. Let's us get out of here. I'm with, I'm, I'm sitting right here with, really? But that brought a whole nother set of emotions. That'll sober a man up when he finds out God's with him in the middle of all his madness. It literally did. Why? Why did he go in there with me? This yoke. See, I know we've been talking a lot about us walking with God, but this yoke also means he walks with you. You understand that? Can you, can you relate to that? I mean, you don't have to tell me your business. I, I, unfortunately, my, my deal, I got to tell you everything. You don't have to tell me. But can you relate to the fact that you not only walk with him, but he's been walking with you? And you wake up, and you're in a mess, and he's already, he's already there. <laughs> Take my yoke, the easy yoke. This is the pathway to peace. 